This morning on Samach Daladam at Aleph, we've got a piece of Gomorrah that is, and it deals with what we call a Shas concept. It comes over, all over Shas, but this is one of its sources. It often doesn't have a chance to go into it uh, deeply because it's not the key part of, of, of the sugi of, of, that one's learning, but here it is, uh, right at the key. So we'll have a chance to look at it uh, in these few minutes as deeply as we can. And maybe tomorrow we'll dedicate the Tuesday show to go into it a little bit more deeply. <clears throat> um, and it starts with the, the, the principle. The principle appears a lot in Kodshim and it appears in, in other mitzvahs as well. Uh, and, and it starts with our Mishnah on Daf Samach Be'ezam with Aleph, where what happens if one of the two Seirim dies? So the Seirim have to be a pair. So you create a pair, you bring a pair of goats together, and one of them dies. Uh, that messes up the pair. So what do you do now? Says the Mishnah, If they haven't yet done the Hagrala, assigning one to Kodesh and one to the Azazel, then you just substitute the one that died with a new one. But if you've already done the Hagrala, you've done the lottery, and you've assigned which one is to Shemayim and which one is to the Azazel, then then you've got to buy another pair of goats. So now you've got three goats. What do you do with the three goats? Uh, if, the, if the one for Hashem died, the one for the Korban is the one that died, then you say, You do another goral, and the one that gets the goral will be the one that goes to, um, the one that gets the goral for Hashem will take the place of the one that died. And if the one of the Azazel died, then it's the other one, the one who, was, who won the Goral for Azazel, will take the place of the first Azazel one. And, and, the, and so what do you do now? You've got one left over. Of the second pair, you've got one left over. So the last one, the third one, you allow just to... to um, graze until it gets a mum and then it's no longer fit for a korban and it gets sold and the money from the sale goes to Nedavot and it becomes they become korbanot later on the, that money is used for korbanot later on the issue in the Gemara is which one uh, it says and the second one you let uh, you let uh, graze until it gets a mum which second one because there are now two second ones so you've got uh, a and B, let's say, and X and Y. You start off with A and B. A dies. Now you've got B. So you've got to now make a new, a, a new uh, pair, which is X and Y. So now you put X together with, with B. Right? So now you've got, um, you've, you've got three all together. You've, you've got, so you've, now you've taken one from the XY and you've put it together. A has died, so you've got B is alive. So we give B a partner, and now we're left with an X, with an X or, or a Y. We're left with a Y. Uh, but which one is it that you let? Do you use the Y? Do you use the second, the, the, the one from the Shem? So let's say the, the Hashem is the one that, that died, the one that was going to be used for a Korban died. So now we've replaced that one with a new one. So now we've got one for the Hashem. Which is the one we use as the partner? Do we use it, it, its partner, which is Y? Or do we use the old partner, the one whose mate died? Which is the one that we substitute? So on that, there's a machlekes rav and shmuel. The, the Gemara says, Omar rav sheni shebezug rishon yekarev. Rav says the second one of the first zug. 
you don't push that one aside. That one was destined to become a korban, and then this whole thing occurred. That original one still is the one for the korban, and the new one, which, which we're not going to use now, is left to, to, to graze. Sheni shibazuk, sheni yireh, but the second one of the second pair is the one that goes off. Rabbi Yochanan the other way around. Sheni shibazuk, rishon yireh, sheni shibazuk, sheni yikarev. But my kamif, we ask the Gemara, what is their argument? And here's this shas principle. Rav savar ba'alei chayim einanidchin. Rav holds that ba'alei chayim, living creatures, are not pushed aside. Even though there was a moment, a period during which they could not be brought as a korban, that's when its mate died. At that point, it could not be brought as a korban. Now it's got a new mate. So now do we say, okay, now you can be brought as a korban again? Or do we say, sorry, you've lost out? So there's a machlokis Rav and Shmuel on that. There's also machlokis Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Huda on that. Do we say that, that once a, an, an animal has been pushed aside from being able to be brought as a korban, it can never be brought again? It doesn't recover? Or do we say, no, if, if, it, if you fix whatever the problem was, it's back to where it was. It's recovered and it's back to where it was. And um, Rav is the one who says, Objects, if they're dead, or you're talking about the blood of the animal, there are many cases where there is this principle that once it's pushed aside, it can't recover. But not with animals. Animals can be pushed aside, and if the, the problem is removed, it, then can then be, it can then recover. And the Gemara goes into where do we learn this from, and it comes out eventually that Rav learns this from the din of a mum over. The fact is an animal can get a mum, it can get a blemish. But it's a mum over, it's a blemish that will pass. While the mum is there, it can't be brought as a korban. Once the mum has passed, it can be brought as a korban, says Rav. You see from there that animals, even though they've gone through a period of psul, they've gone through a period where, where they couldn't be brought as a korban, once that, the cause of that period has been removed, they come back into, and they qualify once again to be able to be brought as a korban. That's what Rav says. And Rabbi Yochanan agrees with the reasoning, but he says that's specifically for Mum, you can't extrapolate it any further, and he proves it. That, that's the Gemara. And the, the Yachronim particularly have a wonderful time going into the fine differences and what the reason is and how this works. It's an, it's ama- there's amazing material on it. But the... Um, what I would suggest is that what Rabbi Yochanan, that, that what Rav sees is, how does Rav understand that? Why is an animal different from anything else? Anything else, once it's no longer fit for the, for the korban, for, for the Beis Hamikdash, even if you fix the problem, it remains unfit forever. So I think what the reason is, is that from mum over, we learn an important principle, the idea of a mum over. What is the very idea of a mumover? Animal has uh, becomes blind, so it can't be can't be used as a korban, and then it recovers its eyesight. Now it can be used as a korban. How does it move backwards in and out? It was possible, and now it becomes muta. What happened to change its status? So I think what you've got to say is, in buried inside a mumover is the capacity to recover. A mum over a permanent moon, it, it gets it loses its leg. Its leg gets amputated. That's something that's not going to come back again. So the animal is permanently, is permanently um, disqualified. But in, that, in the blindness, in the illness which caused the blindness, there is also the cure which is going to fix it. And the fact is, if you leave it afterwards, the animal can see again. So it's not that it, it's completely blind and then it can see. In the very blindness, that's the nature of a mumover. In the, an illness which is going to move, which is going to 
from which one is going to recover in the illness, <coughs> there is already the capacity for recovery. Recovery is in the illness itself. It's the idea of, of, of the truth of being kodem lamako, that the solution sometimes is, is within the very disease, within the very problem, yeah. is buried the key to the solution. So in the mum there is something which indicates that this is something which will pass, this is something which will recover. And it's a, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful and an important concept. Uh, I, was, I was with a very good friend of mine last night, and, and Nebuchadnezzar's had a very hard time and, and, and a period of depression. He's a wonderful, very active time. Nobody would dream that he's, that he's had depression. He's devoted his life now to helping um, people with depression and making people aware of what it is. But that's part of depression is the belief that, that my terrible situation is here forever. It's the inability to be able to see that it's a mum or there. It's something that's passing. And when a person's depressed, you can't see that it's passing. You think that it's, uh, that's what it's going to be. I remember when months after I'd had COVID, I was beginning to feel like, this, I've got to just accept this is how it's going to always be. I'm never going to get back to what I was. It's a terrible feeling, this idea. But the idea that, no, 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 inside it, there is the capacity for recovery. It's a mum or there. It will pass. Not everything passes, but you've got to be able to differentiate and say, this is something, as bad as it is, in the, in the terrible thing, there is also the capacity for recovery. That's the power of what recovery is, a mumover. So we learn from the principle of mumover. Rav learns from that, the din, that, that uh, a living organism has the capacity for regeneration and recovery. And therefore, it's um, it, it's en They when when recovery takes place, it's played out its its course, and it comes back to, to what it was. The um, and and that's important to understand the the Simchabunim from Pshischa. Simchabunim from Pshischa is an amazing human being. So he was the really the founder of the of the Geir dynasty because the Chidush Arim was a Talmud of his. He was the founder of the Kotzke dynasty, because the Kotzke Rebbe, and from him came all, all the many Hasidic dynasties. So he was the founder of a lot of Hasidic dynasties. He himself was a Talmud of the, um, uh, they used to call him Deryid, the, uh, the, the holy Jew, and he was a Talmud of the Chazem in Lublin. Uh, he was, uh, was two generations away in Talmudim from the Baal Shem Tov. So he was at the core of the development of Hasidism. And his Hasidism was more like the Muslim movement than it was like, like today's Hasidism. Uh, it was so focused on emes, on truth and authenticity, was, was what his focus was. And he was an interesting person because he was very progressive. He was a scientist, uh, and he knew all the European languages he'd studied. Uh, and so he was a bit controversial, but he was, um, uh, he was an amazing, an amazing, amazing human being. And, and he says that this is the essence of understanding tshuva, that no matter how bad things are and what a person's done, in the chet, in the sin, is the capacity... <laughs> to do tshuva, to come back again. And it's a mumover, it's a kivan shenidche. There maybe have been a time where you, when a person was nidche, where you couldn't stand in front of the ribbon shalom. But you can fix it, and you can come back again, because you're a balchai, you're a living being, and a living being has that capacity. And he says, We say to the ribbon shalom, forgive our sins, because the haloch is like rav, not like rabbi Yochanan. And Aloch is like Rav, that this Vali Chaim Eina Nidchin. It's a beautiful idea. And obviously, that's not where it comes from. And this is a great example of Gomorrah, where you see that the Gomorrah has to be learned 
with, with Gemara methodology, when they say, why, where does Rav get it from that Balechaim and Nidchin? The Gemara doesn't say, because uh, human beings can recover and animals can recover. And no, no, no. You reason it out, it comes from the Psukim and they work it out and it comes from Mumova. Once you've got the principle, you can now apply the principle further and say, it, it's something that we see manifest and we see it expressed in, in day-to-day life. Um, there's a Tosfus Yishonim, which we don't have time to go into, but the Tosfus Yishonim makes a difference between when the mum, when the dichui, the pushing aside, making something dis- dis- disqualified from standing before Hashem, is caused by nature and when it's caused by the human being himself. When you do things to disqualify yourself knowingly, or when a person does that to disqualify an animal, the Tosfus Yishonim brings a raya from Rashim Sochim, that then we don't say, then even Baalei Chaim are nidchim, even Baalei Chaim remain in their status of disqualification. So we've also got to understand, taking the Reb Simcha Mipshischa's idea, we've also got to understand there's a difference in, in we've got to look at why we're dechuyim. If we're dechuyim, because things happened, we did our various, we're human beings, we feel, we were, that's okay, we can do tshuva, we can get back. But if we deliberately remove ourselves from wanting to stand in front of the Rebbeinu Shalom, that's a much more difficult issue. It's not so, not so simple at all. So those are some of the ideas from a very technical piece of Gemara. And as I said, perhaps tomorrow we'll look into the idea of Dichui more deeply.